Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au. I'm a lot safer there. <laughs> Father, we thank you so much. We, it's been so great to be in your house today. Father, we thank you for your presence that's been here. We thank you for the words. Uh, we thank you for the wonderful message as we received the offering. We thank you for the words that you spoke, even by the Spirit, Father. So we thank you, Father, for the rest of this time together, Father, that we thank you for your word, Father. We trust you as we look into your word, Father God, that it speaks to hearts. It, it bring, uh, causes people to get clarity in areas, direction. Father God, we're here on the earth, Father, and we're grateful to be here and represent you. Father, we thank you for feeding us. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're uh, this month, because Easter's in this month, we're doing a series called The Resurrection Effect. And uh, I was just, you know, I like to Google and look at different churches and see the titles of series. But, you know, I, I find a lot of times if I look at the material, that's not my, I don't own it. But I did find this uh, series, I found a series called The Resurrection Effect. And then I looked at the weekly titles, and even the titles sometimes, I think I like that title, but if I look at the material, it, it isn't mine. So I have to get my own stuff, even though I see a good... If I see a good series title, and even the weekly messages, they might have good titles, but I still have to get the material from him. And so that's what, that's what uh, I like the, the, the title, and I liked uh, this, what we're going to talk about today. And what we're going to talk about today, I'm just calling it historic reversal. Historic reversal. You know, when something is reversed, we put our car in reverse, and we go backwards a reversal is going the other way. So I'm calling this historic reversal. And, uh, and so as I started to think about that, history, like world history, it really should divi- be divided this way, before the resurrection and after the resurrection. That's really the way that world history should be divided. That's how significant the resurrection is. And I know for us that are born again, and we do not struggle at all with the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, that speaks to our hearts, and it it really feels good, doesn't it, to hear about the resurrection. There's a lot of people out there that they're not quite sure if Jesus rose from the dead, but really the resurrection is the most most significant thing that happened in history. And history really should be divided is before the resurrection of Jesus Christ and after the resurrection. So it's not a particular war that was fought. It's not like a particular iconic leader that came and went. Uh, And then even on a personal note, it's not our birthday. It's not our wedding day. It's not a day that we purchased the house, which those are wonderful things. It's not a dream vacation. We don't divide history even in a personal way. Those are all great things. But the most significant thing that ever happened was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So that said, just want to give you, there's so many things we could say, just could go for a couple months on this uh, and, and never really exhaust it. But here's four things 
and their conditions that the world was in before Jesus was raised from the dead. So we want to start here. And the first one is before the resurrection, people were spiritually dead. And what you see here in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, you were dead in trespasses and sins. Very clear. If, if, if you're not born again, if Jesus isn't your Lord, the Bible basically says you're dead in trespasses and sins. Before the resurrection, the entire world was in that category. Dead in trespasses and sins. And then just to, you know, another scripture says the same thing. And you who were dead in your trespasses, uh, there again, really clear. So with this, uh, talking about spiritual death, that's the result of Adam and Eve and their sin. So we call it the curse of the fall. When they fell, one of the results or the curse when they fell was spiritual death came on the earth. Before that, Adam and Eve, they were alive unto God. When they sinned and fell, they died spiritually. That's when spiritual death entered the world. And then everyone after that was in that place of spiritual death. So you can understand the whole world dead spiritually. That's why the resurrection is the most significant thing that happened in world history. When you have a whole world of people that are dead spiritually. And we're going to talk more about this. I'm not going to spend too much time on these uh, at this moment, but I want to just look at these four, and then we're going to spend time on one today. But here's a thought, though. Christianity, it's not about driving down the road and looking at a church sign and, like, you know, just driving down a road and going, eeny, meeny, miny, moe, and picking a church. You know, it's much more than that. It's like life and death when you talk about Christianity. It's, it's, it's significant. True Christianity is a spiritual birth. When you talk, like, you know, it isn't like, I know when we grew up, I was born into the church that my parents went to. But the church that we were born into, they, didn't, they never opened really the Bible. And I never heard the script. I was 23 years old the first time I heard the scripture Unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 23 years. I was in, and, and you've heard my story, on the front row every Sunday with my six brothers. Right on the front row. And we weren't allowed to talk, you know, so we had to pay attention. Although you could daydream and, you know, my, my mother didn't know and father didn't know when we were daydreaming. So we couldn't get like the belt or a shoe for daydreaming. So you could go anywhere from that place. But if we talked or goofed around, the, my father's belt came off and my mother got a shoe and we got hit right on the front row. But we were, we, we were not born again. We were dead. There you, you know, on the front row for 23 years, but dead in our sins. Think about that. Our whole family was in that category because there was never any teaching or preaching about you must be born again and how do you become born again, okay? So 
it's a supernatural birth, and it's followed by supernatural transformation when we talk about this, what we're talking about. So the first thing, the condition on the world before the resurrection was spiritual death. And, then, and we're going to talk more about that. Uh, but we want to look at the second thing concerning the world and the condition of the world was it was under a curse. And what you see here is Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. And, and so this curse of the law, we just talked about the curse of the fall. This is the curse of the law. Okay, so there are two different things. The curse of the fall was when Adam and Eve sinned. The curse of the law came into play when the Mosaic law was given, and God said, these are all the things that I want you to do or not do. And so it was do's and don'ts. And if you did not do what God said, then there was a curse. It's the curse of the law. And so the whole world, and it's interesting because, you know, this happened in the little nation of Israel. But what a powerful voice that nation had because way over where I was born on the other side of the world in a little town called Warren, Ohio, we grew up with that way of thinking. If you're good, God will do good to you. If you're bad, then God's going to get you. And I grew up, and where did we get that from? We were not Jewish, but it's just kind of around the whole world. If you study all the religions of the world, they're all trying to get re redemption. They all have a set of uh, works that they do to try to get, you know, favor with their, whoever they see their God as. You know, they, they want favor with their God. So the whole world thinks that way. And so this whole world's under this curse, the curse of the law. Uh, and that's the way that people think. If I do good, I'll get, I'll get good. Uh, the curse of the law, it was based, you know, all, all the commands and everything, it was based on man's behavior, man's performance. How do you behave? How do you perform? Uh, what about your obedience? And so on. And if you did not perform and behave and obey, then there was things that happened. Okay. Another thing before the resurrection, one of the conditions that was, were going on in the earth was this, that mankind was prey for the devil. Pray for the devil. And John chapter 10 and verse 10 says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. And so the whole world, before the resurrection, there really is, wasn't anything they could do about it. They really didn't have any light, any understanding that there was a devil out there. They didn't understand that. You know, there are some people that could have read the Old Testament. You know, it's, it's interesting that the most, uh, one of the books of the Old Testament that you see the most about the devil is the book of Job. And you, you find out a little bit about the devil in the book of Job. But, you know, there's not a whole lot there. So you have the whole world. They're dead spiritually. There's the curse of the law. And they're also prey for the devil. And what's the devil want to do? He wants to kill, steal, and destroy the world doesn't understand that. So what happens is, you know, and I'm sure, you know, I grew up uh, where we had insurance policies. 
And the insurance policy said, you know, and if, if there's a tornado, now we had tornadoes where I grew up. We were in the middle of the country, and when the cold air came down from Canada and the warm air came up from Mexico and the cold and the warm air hit, it's, it, it was tornadoes, you know, and tornadoes could do a lot of destruction. You know, they're, they're in the, there's like what they call Tornado Alley. That's like around Oklahoma in Kansas, you know, Hence, you know, Dorothy uh, in Kansas, you know, what's that called, that movie? The Wizard of Oz, you know, they lived in, Can- that, you know, part of Tornado Alley, you know. And so, uh, you know, that, that, you know, the cold air and the warmer hit, and then the tornado destroys homes. But the insurance policy says an act of God. Because if the world doesn't know, you know, where does it come from? God gets blamed for everything. And so before the resurrection and before we got the, the New Testament and God's Word, so many things we didn't understand. And, and so we blamed and we said things that we didn't know. So why is God doing that? Well, it really wasn't God that did it. It was the devil, okay, etc. Why does God let it happen? Various questions like that. Why isn't God doing something about it? Okay. The fourth thing the condition of the world before the resurrection, we see is without God and hope. And you look at Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12, uh, and A, you know, the beginning part and the end part, part says, in those days you were living apart from Christ. So the result of living apart from Christ is you lived in this world without God and without hope. So anyone that would live in this world without God apart from Christ, apart from Christ, they're without God and they're without hope. Okay? Now, I've been now, for, you know, it's been a wonderful 40 years, living a little 40 years and three months as a Christian. And so, of course, you, you know, I've rubbed shoulders with the world quite a bit. I've done all different kind of jobs and work. I, I worked in a machine shop, midnight turn from 11 at night to 7 in the morning before I was saved, and then I was made redundant. I got saved while I was redundant, got called back to work, and I came back as a born-again Christian. So I also rubbed shoulders with all the guys as a born-again Christian and, you know, been rubbing shoulders with people. And here's what we all know. There's very lovely people that they're very easy to be friends with, and some of them actually behave well, but they don't see Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Now, sometimes it's, it's, it's uh, you know, if we say the truth, sometimes people get offended. But Jesus, when he walked on the earth, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the light, and no man can go to the Father except through me. That's what Jesus said. Now, of course, he offended people while he walked on the earth pretty... He was, you know, he offended quite a few people when he walked on the earth. But we can't back off of what the Bible says. So we can, we can love the unlovely. We can be friends with people that have a different God with the thought that, you know, I want to try to get them to the Lord God, the Creator. And Jesus said the way to get to Him is through me. That's the only way. 
And so we're living in this world where, you know, because of everyone, no one wants to offend anyone, okay? That, uh, hey, we, I respect your, whatever you, whatever you want to believe, I respect what you want to believe. But if I would do that, when somebody tells me that they have a Savior other than Jesus, I have to tell them the truth. I, I don't know about you. I have to tell them the truth. I have to say, well, you know, this is what uh, I know that when Jesus walked on the earth, he said, I, I am the way, and I am the truth, and no man can get to the Father except through me. I have to let you know what I know. And of course, you know, we use all the wisdom we can, and sometimes it's not right to say anything immediately. You know, we're led by the Holy Ghost. Sometimes you got to wait a little while before you talk. Sometimes you have to put it off, you know, and the Lord helps you to say it in, in the right way. But we have to say what the truth is. Amen. So this is what we see here, that it says, in those days you were living apart from Christ. And the result of living apart from Christ is you lived in this world without God and without hope. The only way to have God and hope is through Jesus Christ. And so that's the condition that the world was in before the resurrection. And now, this helps us to know, why are we on the earth? Why are we here? It's because we want to get people to God. We want to get them where they have hope. You know, before I, I became a Christian, I, I woke up in the mornings, got out of bed. This is in, I, I became a Christian when I was 23. I didn't have Jesus in my life before then. So my purpose without him was go to work, make money, pay the bills, eat. And I lifted weights. You know, I was a bodybuilder, made sure I did that. That was like my religion at the time. Uh, and I thought I was having fun. I mean, like, I thought I was having fun. Uh, that, that was my purpose. That was the, the depth of it, you know, the width of it. Not, not a lot there. Now, the last 40 years and three months, I've been saved 40 years and three months now, I still get out of bed in the morning. Okay, thank God for that. that I, I'm really, and I, I'm not saying it to be funny, but I'm very grateful that I can get out of bed in the morning. You know, sometimes we, we you know, let's be grateful. Like the fact that we, that we walked, we could get here and get to church, that's, I'm very grateful so you, 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 uh, you get out of bed, but, but it's with Jesus now. The last 40 years and three months has been a huge difference with purpose because everything is for him. When you get out of bed, it's all because you get, when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord, you're connected to God, and we live. Everything we do is for him. What a difference. So here's like a little summary, and then we're going to just look at some one thing, like focus on something. So without the resurrection, the world was spiritually dead, under the curse of the law, dominated by the devil, and godless and hopeless. That's basically what we just said. Okay, now we're going to look at, we're going to look at one thing. But before, if you want to take a snapshot of this next screen, because there's just not time to cover so much stuff, but these are four different books 
that you can read. If you're ministering to somebody and they're, they're struggling, believing that there was a resurrection, that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead, just take a snapshot of that. The book on top, I recommend, if you're only going to get one of them, get the book on top. It's, you know, it's, it's uh, Gary Habermas and Mike Licona. And the reason I'm recommending that is because Licona, is, he's, he's a Latino like me. That's not the reason. I'm just joking. Uh, but no, that's really, it's, it's like one of the more popular things for reading right now. It's really good. But you can just take a snapshot. And if you're ministering to somebody and they're struggling, believing that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, uh, these are good books, okay? We're here in church this morning, and I don't think uh, the majority of us, if not probably 99% of us here, we're not struggling with the resurrection. So that's one reason why I'm not going to get deeply into it, because we're here in church this morning. But you can uh, get more if you have friends out there and people you're ministering to. Okay, so we, what we want to talk about more is, okay, the resurrection was a reversal, historic reversal, as we said, spiritual death the curse of the law, the devil's dominance, and godlessness and hopelessness. All of that got reversed when Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Today we want to look at this, spiritual death and resurrection life. So the rest of our time, we want to talk about spiritual death and resurrection life. So here's spiritual death. Spiritual death is when a person is alive physically but dead spiritually. That's the way to describe it. Spiritual death is when somebody's alive physically, but dead spiritually. And so, like Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1, where it says, and you were dead in trespasses and sin. And so, you know, they, they have the movies like uh, the, the Living Dead, you know. I don't know if it's a movie or a TV thing, but, you know, you've got the zombies and they're walking around like that. So they're living, but they're dead you know, that's what they say. That's kind of like what spiritual death is. You know, the whole world was like that before the resurrection. Everyone was alive, but yet they were spiritually dead. That's what it's saying here, spiritual death. It's when, it's when you're alive physically, but you're dead spiritually. And then Ephesians chapter 2, in verse 2, it says, when you're in this condition, it says, in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that works in the sons of disobedience. So that's, that's really uh, quite a verse there. So what you first see is when you're in the condition of spiritually dead, you are walking, just like you, know, you walk as a Christian, People that are spiritually dead, they're walking too. So you're walking and doing your walk. And the walks of people out there, they're so different. People yield to evil in different degrees. So like as I, I had six brothers. Uh, my brother Mike, he was in a gang. He sold drugs, that kind of stuff. That's how he was yielding. My brother Joe, he liked to he he was a ro- he liked to rob people's homes, and uh, and he also liked to fight, and so he was yielding that way. I liked way back then. I liked to go to the discotheques, you know, and and uh, dance and stuff. I wasn't a, I wasn't as bad as they were because I wasn't at least robbing homes. 
and doing, selling drugs and all that. But, you know, and then my oldest brother, he didn't do any of that, but he, you know, he had the wrong kind of magazines hidden between his mattress, if you know what I'm saying. And so people fall and they yield in different ways to varying degrees. You have people that actually are, they become serial killers and they kill a bunch of people. It's all people, you know, that are, are yielding to evil and wrong. So what you see here is they're following the course of the world, and then it says the prince of the power of the air, that's the devil, and they're saying the spirit that works in the sons of disobedience. So you, we either are born alive to God or we're dead, and when we're dead, anybody that's dead, they're open for influence from that realm. And that's what it's saying. So anybody that's dead spiritually, the devil can influence them. And that's what we see there. So we could say that there's millions, if not a couple billion people on the earth, and they're alive, but they're spiritually dead, okay? So there's a a song that there's a a group called the Imperials, and uh, I think some of them have gone home to be with the Lord. Does anyone here remember the Imperials? And do you remember that old song that they wrote? It's it's like, I listen to the trumpet of Jesus while the world hears a different sound. I march to the trumpet of God Almighty while the others just wander around. Remember that? I'm a member of the Holy Ghost traveling band, etc. So that's like this this old song. But I, I like that because I listen to the trumpet of Jesus while the world hears a different sound. Uh... I marched to the drumbeat of God Almighty while the world just wanders around. And really, you know, you can just wander around. There, there, there's millionaires and billionaires that do not have Christ, and they excelled in an area. But sometimes you can go into a billionaire's home, and there's, there's about as much darkness and confusion as you can imagine in a billionaire's home. So they disciplined themselves and became a billionaire, but they have this other thing going on here. They don't know why. Some of them don't even know why they're on the earth. So there's this wandering around without... And, and so the resurrection was so historic, and it was a reversal that people didn't have to be in the state of wandering around. So 1 Corinthians uh, 15.22 says, As in Adam all die, even so in Christ all all shall be made alive. So people that are not in Christ, the Bible says they're still in Adam. So you know when we say the his, history, the world history, it's before the resurrection and after the resurrection. You're either in Adam or you're either in Christ. That's how we can divide the world. Uh, okay. So here's what Jesus said. John chapter 5 and verse 24 says, Truly, truly, I say unto you, Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but he has passed from death to life. And so when I was being drawn to God, and and God will draw you, if you're here with us today and Jesus isn't your Lord, God is drawing you. He, He drew me to him. And I remember when he began to draw me to him. 
there's something on the inside, and it's, a, and it, it's supernatural, and God draws you to himself, to, to a place where you can hear the gospel. And it happens sometimes. Uh, I like something that Kenzie said while she was receiving the, the offering about the, the natural and the supernatural and how they can work together. So my brother Joe, he got saved, and I just simply thought he was in a cult. And I went to rescue him. That seems so natural. My little brother, maybe he's in a cult. I'm going there to rescue him. I'm going to pull him out by the ear. But I sat down to hear what they were saying, and they asked me to read John chapter, uh, chapter 3 and verse 3, unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. 23 years old, never heard that scripture. Supernatural and the natural work together. All of a sudden, when I heard that scripture, I could not escape from it. Just could not get away from that. You might be here today and you just have some things that you heard and you can't get away from them. The Bible even says that when you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. In the day of salvation, when you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. I just couldn't get rid of that voice. It just kept coming back. Unless a man is born again, he cannot enter. I was dead in my trespasses and sins. I heard one scripture, unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. I couldn't escape that. And then we, this Bible study that I went to rescue my brother, the guy that was in charge of it, you know, he was really wanting me to pray the, a prayer to accept Jesus as Lord. And I, I just put it off. It was only three weeks from the first time I went till I got saved. But the second week, he said, what if you, and I had to drive 26 or 20 or 30 miles somewhere, like a 30-mile drive to where the Bible study was from my home. So it was a drive going on a highway, that kind of a thing. He said, what if you get in a car accident on the way home and you're killed? He said, do you realize where you would go? Today is the day that you should accept Jesus Christ as your Lord. I could, he told me that, and man, I couldn't get, I, that, those words would not leave me. I thought about that every day, morning and night, I thought about those words and when I went to the Bible study the next week, on the way there, I thought, I can't wait for the thing to end so I can accept Jesus Christ as my Lord. He was drawing me, and I couldn't get away from it. And so it seemed like the Bible study went on forever that night. And it did. The restaurant it was in a restaurant in a back room, and at 10 o'clock they kicked us out. You know, it started something like 7 o'clock, so you understand that, you know, it was a long Bible study. And I'm thinking, I, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord. So we got kicked out, and I, we did it in the parking lot in the month of January in northern Ohio, right below Canada. It was really cold, but I was willing to deal with some cold to accept Jesus as Lord. So... You know, I had this thought, and I thought, I'm just going to do this 
to make sure I don't go to hell. That's what I thought. Let me just do this. Let me just check this thing off here because I could die and go to hell and I don't want to do that. So I'll do this and I'll accept Jesus and then I'll just go on with my own life, but I know I won't go to hell then. What a surprise I had. <laughs> when you are dead and you become alive and he gets on the inside of you, I'm telling you, you it's like it's a ride. 40 years and three months, I don't regret one day of it. I never thought I'd do anything like this, but I've had to follow him. Dead, alive. He gets on the inside. You think you're just going to do something like that and go on with your own life. You, you can't go on with your own life. Hallelujah. So I'm going to skip up to a, a couple screens here and just, could you go to the screen that when, when you get what happens with a supernatural birth? Here's just a few things. When you have a supernatural birth, our spirits are made alive. God's life comes on the inside of us. God's nature is imparted on the inside. His word is implanted in us. He, he implants his word on the inside. His nature, his life I mean, you, you have to fight him to get away from him. It's hard to get away from him. I don't want to get away from him. Our desires change. There, you know, there's another, yeah, great. Our, our desires change. You, you know, I thought, well, I'll just do this and get it checked off so I, I you know, I, I know I'm not going to go to hell. But as soon as I accepted him and he got on the inside, my, all of my desires changed. What I wanted to do, I no longer wanted it to do. And what I didn't want to do, I did want to do. It just like went backwards because of life, dead, becoming alive. I didn't want to do all the wrong things that I used to do. I had no desire to go to the discotheque, which some of you don't know what that is. Everything changed. I, d I didn't want to say all the cuss words that I used to say. I had no desire to cuss. Doesn't, doesn't mean I didn't slip up. It took a little while to clean it up. You know, but I no longer wanted to because he got on the inside. Our beliefs and our thoughts change. The, the way, what I believed and the way I thought, it changed. So, I was, a, you know, I, I did various things. I was a musician. I had a real estate license. I, I was a tradie, uh, machinist. I did just a lot of different things at that age. But I got called back to the machine shop after I was made redundant, and I went back as a born-again Christian. Now, where I grew up at, you know, we had what we called unions. You know, now the union came into play, and what the union did was protect the worker. And so where I used to work, if you wanted to sit down and smoke a cigarette and drink coffee for an hour, you could do it because you had the union and you were protected. And if the boss came up, I've seen, now I didn't do this, but I've seen guys, you know, tell the boss where he could go, cuss at him and say, get out of here. 
don't tell me what to do. That's, that's the, what the union did. Amazing. No one told me to do this, but I went to, back to work, and I didn't want to be lazy. I wanted to work. I, I thought, I don't need a union. I have God. I, I trust God. I don't need a union to protect me and, and be there so I can be lazy and get away with stuff and not get fired because I had God. You understand what I'm saying? You know, it's, it's so historic, this reversal. It, you know, if you really follow God, it changes you. The whole way you think and believe, everything. We're not like the world. So it just everything began to change. Didn't, uh, look at this. You know, here, here's Scripture, and we're, we're, this last Scripture I'm sharing. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 3, it says, you're still carnal, for where there is envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? So he's talking to Christians. They're alive now, and they're not dead. And he's saying, you're just behaving like a mere man. You know, the, there's a way that people behave out there, and I don't really want to, you know, uh, I, I don't want to study their behavior. You know, now, now don't, don't be upset or anything, but I don't want to watch the modern family on TV because I don't really care how the modern... I want to watch the God family. I I want our family to be godly. So I don't care about the Big Bang Theory and the modern home. don't have time for that kind of stuff. Now, if that offends you, I don't mean to do that. But why do you want to study how the world lives? Because we have a different pattern. Okay? Here, here's uh, the, 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 the contemporary English version. Uh, because you are not yet spiritual, you are jealous and argue with each other. This proves that you are not spiritual and that you are acting like the people of this world. You know, we're, we, when you get this thing, man, you, you, act, you know, you're different. And I don't want to really study how they act. I don't want to study how to talk to my wife and, and the, if you know, the way that they go back and forth. I, I want to talk to my wife like Jesus would talk. And so this one, this other, same scripture, uh, again it says, aren't you living like the people of the world? Okay? And so that's all we have time for today. But if you're with us today and you haven't had this historic reversal of leaving the place of being dead in sins and coming into Christ and being born again and made alive, before we leave today, we want to pray, and we want to give you the opportunity. And, you know, and I believe everybody that's here, you're here for a reason, and God drew you here to hear this very thing. So even for Christians, it was just a refresher course of things that you already knew, and it built up your faith. But you might be here, and you're not a Christian, and God brought you here to hear this. This is your time right now. This is your time to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and leave death and come into life and let him arrange your destiny and future. And it's a great ride. It's a great ride. Hallelujah. So let's pray right now. Father, we thank you so much. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your goodness. I thank you that you have drawn people to this place, Father. You're working in their hearts. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for working and drawing 
and speaking truth to people. You told us unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You said that Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come unto the Father except by you. You you told us in the book of Romans, Father God, that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth Jesus and that you raised him from the dead, we would be saved. Thank you for making it simple, Father. That's simple. That we can pray a prayer and humble ourselves to you and be born again, born into the kingdom. Thank you for that, Lord. We're going to pray now. And this is your opportunity to pray. So let's do that together as a church family. Father God, thank you for the plan of salvation. I humble myself to your plan. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord. I believe God raised you from the dead. And I receive you as Savior. You are my Savior. I receive you. I receive your life. I'm alive now. Alive unto you. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Now, if you're with us and you prayed that prayer for the first time, your your next step is so important. Because if you're alone and you prayed that prayer, you really want to make it back to church. You want to keep hearing the word. Now, if you're with friends, that's a good thing. You want to let your friend or a family member know, I just prayed that prayer and I just accepted Jesus Christ. And if they're Christians, they'll help you. But if you're here alone, here's what I'd like you to do. When we dismiss today, we're going to have a bunch of people up here and they're available. And if you could just come up here and say, I came here today. I know now that God drew me and I just prayed and I just accepted Jesus as my Lord. Tell somebody, that's your next step tell somebody very important step it's kind of like if you go to the hospital to have a baby uh, your wife or, or or you know a lady you go have a baby and then you take the baby home and put it on uh put it outside in the front yard and just leave the baby there the baby's gonna die you you have to care for the baby when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord, you need taken care of. We don't, you don't want to fall away. Your next step is really important. Praise the Lord. Let's all stand up today. Hallelujah. Let's say uh, together, I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm alive unto God. God is on the inside of me. His life is in me. His spirit is in me. He leads me. He guides me. He gives me wisdom. I have His power. The power of the Holy Spirit works through me. I can do all things through Christ 
He strengthens me. Thank you, Father, for coming. You sent your Son. I thank you for the reversal. The reversal. I'm no longer dead, but I'm alive. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.